Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Happy Father's Day. What an amazing weekend. Amen. Does anybody else feel blessed in the room? God is so good. He is so good. And what a weekend this has been. A huge weekend of celebrating Juneteenth, celebrating Father's Day. Juneteenth, the finalization of freedom. We stand as a church together, celebrating what happened, reflecting on what happened, also pursuing in hope what is to come. Amen? I want to read a quote from Booker T. Washington. It says, the most distinct thing I now recall is that some men who seemed to be a stranger made a little speech and then read a rather long paper, the Emancipation Proclamation, I think. After the reading, we were told that we were all free and could go when and where we pleased. My mother, who was standing by my side, leaned over and kissed her children. While tears ran down her cheeks, she explained to us what it all meant, that this was the day that she had been so long praying for, but fearing would never live to see. I tell you that us as a church, we believe, we believe wholeheartedly to stand as one, united in total freedom. Amen? And we celebrate. We reflect on what has taken place, all the accomplishments that have taken place, and, and, and celebrating that day that happened, that true uh, freedom was finalized. And now looking ahead and saying, how can we together work as one? to celebrate culture. I mean, that's why next week we're having change around the world because we believe in this church of celebrating culture, celebrating as one, that we are answering the prayer of Jesus when he prayed to God, hey, just as we are one, now make them all one. And so we do what we can to stand in that, to make that a fact, to make that reality. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good in this place. Look forward to this weekend of celebrating Father's Day. Hey, today we celebrate the men. Can we just make some ruckus for our men in this church, those men online? Can you make sure they hear you? Come on. We celebrate you men today. We celebrate the fathers, the father figures, those that set an example of what it looks like to be a man what it looks like to be a true man, how to walk. I tell you, I'm so thankful today. I woke up totally blessed, number one, because I get to be the father of some incredible kids, my kids, and I know I'm, you know, they're mine, so I have to say all this, but I love them so much, and they make fatherhood fun. They make fatherhood enjoyable, and I, I just feel so blessed to be called Dad, I feel so blessed to be called Father. And today, I just woke up super grateful, um, text my father-in-law, just for being that great example to me of what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to serve God, 
what it looks like to be fully surrendered and really lead in a way that Jesus led. That's true leadership is when you look like Jesus. And so we celebrate the men today. And on, on, if you didn't get one on your way in, men, make sure you get one of my favorite books right now. I want to give this as a gift to you today. Um, it's, it's really, it's been working on me. Uh, I've read it, and I, it's just been working on me. It's called Play the Man, Becoming the Man God Created You to Be. This gives so many good uh, Tips on life, tips on manhood, gives you a navigation. How many it's good to know the marker that you're searching for and working towards, right? It's hard to hit a mark you don't know where it's at. And the sad part about today is manhood, we've lost the mark of manhood. And so a lot of boys grow up not knowing what a true man looks like. They don't know what it looks like to lead well. They don't know what it looks like to serve God and, and to be a servant leader. And so this really, as I was reading, I was like, this is a great mile marker. And if you don't have a marker of what manhood is and, and even gives uh, uh, amazing ways as you're raising the next generation. So a lot of you in this room, uh, you either have kids or you're working with kids. And so this is a great way to just get creative, to put things in place that are benchmarkers to know that, hey, I'm making ground. I'm becoming who God designed me to be. Play the man. So that's my challenge to you. Guys, say, take this book, man, devour it. Get it in your spirit and let us become the men who God called us to be, amen? That's what we're designed to do. And my prayer today, just as we celebrate Father's Day, as we dive into the word of God, my prayer today is that the, the roar of manhood fills your spirit, that you come alive to who God called you to be. And women, don't, don't write it off. Don't tune me out. This is for you as well, because I believe that we are all leaders in, in our realm. God calls us to a place of leadership. Right as he gets in us, when Christ gets in us, it's for others to look at. That is the mark of what it looks like to be a Christian, one who looks like Christ. And so today, I've entitled today, I want to talk about leadership and getting into what it looks like to lead from a space of, of where Jesus wants us to be. But I've entitled today, The Power of Posture. Can you help me out with that? And say, The Power of Posture. The Power of Posture. In today's culture, sometimes we look at leadership as a thing of position. And so we seek the position. We seek the position of leadership, the position of respect, the position of honor, right? The position, the badge that calls us to that space where people will respect us and call us leader. But today, I want to I wanna flip, flip the culture, if you would, as Jesus always did when he walked this earth. He flipped it and took it away from position and took it all into the pursuit of posture, posture. I want to look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. This was Jesus talking to the people, and he was telling them about leadership. This is one of the greatest lessons I think we have from Jesus on leadership. 
In verse 25, he says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was teaching because there were all of these, even religious leaders, governing authorities, that were lording over the people and using their position as power. And Jesus came to shift things up and say, hey, that is not true leadership. Can I tell you what true leadership is? Is when you get in a posture of servanthood. Now, it's not very popular. It's definitely not something that we all, you know, look at as like something to attain. Maybe you do. But Jesus taught this as the kingdom mentality. And, and especially as we're in this series, Crowns and Thrones, talking about the king, King Jesus. We have to look at the greatest man who, who was all man, all God, when he was walking the earth. And now sits at the highest place. So when we talk about King Jesus, we talk about the highest. There is no name that is greater. All things in heaven and earth and below the earth bow and profess he is Jesus. I was thinking about that today as I was worshiping on my rooftop and, and uh, just thinking about how creation cries. I mean, especially now that the weather is nice, you hear all the birds chirping. I mean, birds are so loud in the city. I didn't realize that. Uh, until I, you know, took notice this morning. I'm like, wow, yeah, there's a lot of birds in the city. And it's crazy when you, when you study, we talked about this um, uh, a few weeks ago, how creation cries and worship to him. And you, you, they even studied that the sun actually makes a sound of rhythm. It's like a drum. And the stars, they're singing. They actually make a tone of worship to God. So when, when we say Jesus is the highest, it, it is literally stating Everything in creation, in heaven and on earth and below the earth, are worshiping him. They bow before him because he is the highest. And so when we look at the example of Jesus, we're looking at the highest point of leadership, all right? The highest place that you can get. The leader of all leaders, the leader who set the tone, set the bar, and is seated at the highest place. The posture of someone that is great, that is seated in a place of leadership. So if you want to know the posture of leadership, you have to look at the posture of Jesus, of Jesus. Some of us, we, we go after the position. You know, you might have those in, in your workplace or those that you live with, and you see that they're pursuing the position. But can I tell you this? This is a truth. Posture of someone is greater than the position of someone, okay? Because the correct position follows the correct posture. The correct position. Some of you, you're seeking a position. You're seeking that new thing, that next thing, you know? I, I know there are some in this church that are praying over, you know, the next job, what you're going to pursue, where you're going to do in your career. Some of you are, are even debating, like, where you're moving. I know we're praying with some. They're looking for a different a place in the city or maybe even outside the city of where they're going to move to. And it's, it's, a, it's a position. It's a position. I can't tell you that the correct position for you 
and your calling, the correct position for your leadership and where God is calling you always follows the correct posture. When you get in the correct posture, and, and Jesus said, hey, if you want to be great, in fact, there's a story uh, right before this in Matthew, actually, and it's the mom who says, hey, can you make sure my sons sit at your right and left? And Jesus was like, wow, what a thing to ask. Can you drink at the same cup that I'm drinking of? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, totally. He said, well, you might be able to, and you will, but it's not for me to decide who sits there. He says, if you want to be the greatest, you must first become the least. If you want to become great in the kingdom of God, you must become like a child. And so we have to look at the posture of leadership. The posture comes. And the word posture broken down is this, the position in which someone holds their body standing or sitting. And I love this, this, uh, this definition, the particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or an attitude, an attitude. May we never neglect the attitude or the, the way that we approach leadership. When we approach leading our families, fathers, and husbands in this room, can I tell you that you have the greatest calling on your life, one of the greatest callings on your life, leading the next generation, leading your home. Did you know that you're the priest of your home? You're the priest of your home. Now, the priests in Bible times would be the ones that would set the, the atmosphere. They would come in and, and put the, the incense on the altar and sacrifice so that the glory of the Lord would fill the temple. They were called to guard the presence. Can I tell you, men, you are called to guard the presence of your home. And it comes from a posture, a posture of servanthood. We've gotten into paddleboarding. And paddleboarding is a whole nother level of enjoyability. If you haven't been, you need to go. We've gotten the stuff. We've, we're, we're now addicted to paddleboarding. So we got the paddleboards and we took them out for the first time actually last week. And we got, we got the inflatable ones. So we got them all filled up and put all the fins on, got the paddles all ready. And we took them out on the water and just enjoying. But man, the paddleboard, there's a place that's the secret sauce on the paddleboard. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to, if you've never been, so I'm going to teach you. Okay. So, you know, I had to watch a YouTube video to learn but I'll teach you here, okay? Is that cool? <laughs> when you get on the paddleboard, you have to stand up and be right in the center of the paddleboard. If you're too far back or too far forward, you actually drag the paddleboard so it can't go forward. And you'll, you'll do extra work. You'll put extra effort into going forward. In fact, as we were paddleboarding, my daughter, Anne, we, we had... Um, three paddleboards, and so the kids were with us, and they all wanted to paddleboard, and I was like, well, I'll go out too, and, and then he's like, come on my board, Daddy, I'll, I'll take you, and, and you can ride on my back, and I was like, okay, cool, so I got on the paddleboard with her, and we're paddling out, and she's, I mean, if, you, you know, Anne, she's eight years old, she's about this big, and she's, you know, got guns of steel. That girl was so strong in how she was paddling us out. I was just amazed looking at her, and, and as we're going out, she noticed that she's not going very fast. And so she looked back. She said, Dad, you are so heavy. It's the biggest I've ever felt in my life, you know. 
I've grown up this little skinny white kid, but you know, right then and there, I was like, wow, I'm a, I'm a man. <laughs> She's like, dad, you are so heavy. I was like, well, I'm sorry, honey, I can't help it. I said, but I noticed that I was in the back, so I was actually making the paddleboard kind of do a wheelie, you know? And so we're like doing this wheelie through the water, but I'm dragging the boat. So I said, Anne, let me reposition, okay? Can you scoot up just a little bit, and I'll scoot up, and we'll be in the middle of the board, and that way we'll be able to flow better. And so we got all positioned and postured right, and then in that space, the paddleboard went way but she's like dad this is so much better we're going so much faster now you're still heavy you know when we got to the kids she's like dad dad is so heavy i, I had to i had to do it the whole time she got a good workout because you, there's a secret place of posture in order to flow in your life in order to flow in leadership in fact they always say that influence doesn't come from position there are many who seek influence. You know, we want to be influencers. We want followers. We want people to look at us and like us and like what we say and look at what we say and think it's important. But can I tell you, the secret of influence is investment. If you want to gain influence in your family's life, if you want to gain influence in your coworkers, if you want to gain influence in the next generation, those that you're leading, can I implore you and encourage you to make some investments? Make some investments. Get in a posture of servanthood. Get in a posture to serve, to look for ways that you can give and love and pour into and invest in. And that is the secret space. It's the center of the board. It's where you flow in a place of leadership. It's where you flow in a space where God has called us to be. He, Jesus told his disciples, he said, hey, listen, the place where you need to be is on your knees as a servant, as, a, as one who is serving those you are leading. Because leadership flows out of the correct posture. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 if you would turn through me in your Bibles. Are you good today? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Paul says, they do it to gain a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. Now the translation says, I train my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. Paul was employing his readers he was imploring them to be in a space of running to win. Can I tell you, men, women of God, next generation, as you're in this room, can I tell you, can I implore you, run to win. Run to win. Don't give up on the calling of God in your life. Maybe you haven't had the greatest example of what it looks like to be a father. Maybe you haven't had the greatest example of what it looks like to be a leader of what it looks like to serve God with all your heart, to lay down your life as a lo laid down lover, as one who just gives all of your heart to God and fully is led by the Spirit. 
tell you, there's so much power in those that are led by the Spirit. And if you haven't done that, let me just implore you today to dive into who God is, to run, to win. Christ gives us everything we need when we get in the right posture. Jesus showed this great example to his disciples is when he took the lowliest place of washing their feet. Y'all know the story? Jesus walks in the room. He's with his disciples hanging out. And all of a sudden, he wants to teach them this lesson on leadership. So what does he do? He grabs a bucket of water and a towel, and he hits the floor. Man, what would it look like if you grabbed a bucket and a towel and hit the floor for your wife, for your kids? And he said, hey, today and every day, I want to get in a posture of serving. I want to get a posture of loving, loving unconditionally, where it's beyond my needs. It's beyond going after what I feel, going after what I need, going into the space where Jesus taught us, the space of leadership. This is the posture of leadership. Sometimes we neglect the simplicity of washing someone's feet. And we strive for these things of of trying to accomplish our relationships or trying to accomplish respect in the home or trying to accomplish respect at the workplace. And so we rise and we roar, right? We try to accomplish the greatness and call all to look and follow. But Jesus showed us that the greatest posture actually is to get on our knees and to serve and to love and to give. And Paul said, run to win. In order to run to win, we must first conquer ourselves. He said, I train my body. I make it my slave. I don't listen to my my flesh in coming into the space of always trying to meet my needs. Man, that's an endless cycle. Trying to meet your own needs, trying to fill your bucket, trying to fill that void that mom or dad couldn't fill. Those past relationships broke you, so you live with those scars, and you're trying to fill them. Can I tell you, it's an endless cycle of trying to fill your bucket. Paul said, hey, if I come into this place of training my body, then I run to win the prize that Christ has for me. Later on, he speaks of this inheritance, the glorious inheritance of God. And that glorious inheritance is only reached when we are fully conquered to ourselves and alive in who Christ is in us. How many want to be fully alive to the things of Christ? I tell you, that is my prayer over this church, is that you come fully alive. Is that those gifts that God gave you, the gift of prophecy, the gift of seeing, the gift of words of affirmation, the gifts of teaching, the gifts that God placed in you is that you would have it come to the surface as Christ is in you. Because when Christ boils in you, everything that he put in you comes to the top. I mean, it's like all the goodness in you that that has been lost and you've been searching for and trying to, you know, therapy through and trying to get to that place of, and you've been trying everything to get to it. But when Christ is in you, he bubbles everything up. Everything comes to the top. All the good things that he placed in you all of a sudden become present. The word that they use in the Bible when they're talking about more than conquerors, because we, you know, in order to, to gain that place of leading from a place of servant, you first must have to conquer yourselves. I don't know about you, but I know for me, I have a lot of things to conquer in my life. 
And, and you might have things in your life too that you have to conquer and get over in order to come into a space of true servanthood, of true leadership. The Hebrew word for conquer is kabosh. Sounds like, uh, sounds like one of the words that the old Batman show used to use, right? Bam, kabosh. And the word kabosh simply means to, it's like this picture of putting in a chokehold. It's conquering. Uh, it's like the going to the gym, right? And pushing the limits of what you've done. It's like a marathon or rowing. It's getting past what you've been and getting into where God is calling you. Can I tell you that you have not yet received the prize? You've not yet gotten to the land that God is calling you. There is more. There is greatness for you to achieve. God is calling you to that place, and today he wants to fill you with his spirit in order to take that next step. Come on, someone look at your neighbor and say, there's another step. There's another step. God wants to take you to a new level, a new level, never being okay with where you've been, but to kabosh, to conquer yourself so that you get more like Jesus, more like him, coming into full surrender where he is the Lord, he is the king, he does wear the crown, he is the all-powerful God in our lives that we look to as the one who leads. See, the beautiful thing about our relationship with Jesus is that we follow him. We follow him. We follow his lead. We follow what he has done. There's three parts of kabosh that I want you to write down today and then process through. This is the place of true surrender, true conquering yourself to come into a place where you are more than a conqueror. See, here's the promise that Christ gives us. When we conquer ourselves, he can conquer our calling in us. When we conquer ourselves, Christ can come fully alive in us. So here are the three things that I want to encourage you with today. As a leader, as a man of God, as a woman of God, number one, make a path. Make a path. Take the road less traveled and blaze a trail. Can I encourage you men to dream big dreams? And to do the things that matter and count to make sure that you come out of a space of being full of Christ. There are things we have to do as human beings to stay in a posture of seeing Christ fully. How many know that to be true? With all of the distractions of life, all the things that call for our attention, it is has to be intentional for us to keep our posture in a place of seeing Christ as number one, of seeing him as the ultimate. But when we lock eyes with him, he calls us to a space of dreaming beyond where we are. Think about it. All throughout the Bible, you read of these men. Think of Moses, right? When God showed up on the scene, he called him to a space of leadership that Moses was not comfortable with. And Moses was like, call someone else. This is crazy. You think of David, who was out in the field with the sheep. I mean, talk about a job that is little under the wage of kingship, right? And here we find the shepherd and Jesus. God, when he comes to the place, what does he do? He levels up. 
He calls to a place, a position of leadership. And can I tell you that God is calling you to not settle for where you are, but to blaze a trail, to make a path. This church is a church full of dreamers. I love sitting and talking with our family, sitting and talking with our church family. No, no greater dreamer, though, I will have to say, than my wife. My wife is a true dreamer. I mean, she can dream the biggest dreams. In fact, when we were dating, we would actually have these things called dream dates. <laughs> we would just go, we'd take a blanket and a picnic, and we'd just go hit the park, and we would just sit and we would dream. We'd dream. What does the future look like? God wants to birth a dream in you. God wants to birth a dream so big that you can't accomplish it on your own. So huge that you get scared by it. Men of God, let me tell you, God is calling you to dream for your family, to dream, dream for your home, dream for your marriage, dream for your kids, to dream, dream God-sized dreams. So number one, blaze a trail. Go where no one has been before. Dare to dream big. Dare to dream God's dream for this city. Dare to dream God-sized dream for your neighborhood because you're there for a reason. And God has positioned you because of your posture. Blaze a trail. Blaze a trail. Number two, bring under control. Bring under control. This is the picture of the cowboys breaking a colt, right? Have you ever seen Black Beauty? I love that movie, especially the new one. It's really good. But you got this beautiful black horse, and it's wild. And it's just a stallion, right? It's just wild and all over the place. And then, you know, we got this amazing young girl that knows how to whisper at the horse, right? They just have this connection. And all of a sudden, you see this horse come under control. And it's an amazing thing what happens when we come under the leadership of one who knows better. Can I just say this? You will go farther than you've ever gone before when you come under the leadership of the one who knows better. Ah, oh, y'all aren't hearing me, are you? Did you get it? Sometimes we think we can know best. In fact, we pray those prayers even. I'm guilty. I pray those prayers all the time. I'm like, God, listen, bless this. Listen, if you could just work this detail out, everything would be good. Lord, you know where change is. You know what needs to move. So God, I pray, you know, and sometimes we can pray these prayers without considering the fact that he knows everything. <laughs> and coming to this place of saying, Christ, teach me how to pray. Have you ever prayed that? I encourage you to get in a place where you to bring under control. To say, no, my spirit wants to go. My, my body wants this. My, my longings want to. But I need to bring under control and say, Christ, teach me. Show me. Lead me. Tame me. I mean, I mean, Christ never wants to tame you. He actually wants to level you up. But, but in that sense, Lord, bring me under control that I am listening to you, that I flow with Holy Spirit because Jesus was the ultimate example of what it looks like for a human to be encapsulated, to be saturated with the Spirit of God 
And the Spirit of God brings power. But if you're never under control, then you don't have that power. The Spirit doesn't reside. You have to come underneath the leading of Christ, the leading of the Spirit. Then once you come into that place, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit reigns, and you flow, and you dance with Him. And all of a sudden, you look for ways, and you listen to His voice, and He prompts you in the, the still small place of surrender where you're postured saying, how can I lead? Lord, how can I pray? Lord, how can I give? Lord, how can I? Can you imagine if every Christ follower, if every man got in a posture of servanthood, where you served, you led from your knees? So bring under control. It's the farmers plowing the land, getting it ready, cultivating the soil. And God wants to do that in you. He wants to cultivate the soil so he can speak. We're so caught up in hearing his voice, but we're not so caught up in cultivating the soil so that the seed can fall on good soil. Come on, somebody. You need to catch that. Because sometimes we, we focus on hearing his voice. I just need to hear you. I need a breakthrough. I need healing. Lord, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And we don't position ourselves and say, Lord, is there anything in me you need to strip? That's a hard prayer, and don't pray it unless you mean it. But that prayer of saying, Lord, search me. Holy Spirit, show me where I'm off. Show me where I need to come under control. Yo, it's the farmer plowing, getting ready, so that when he plants, that seed can grow. And that's what God wants to do in you. He wants to cultivate the soil, bring under control so that that soil is good. So when he speaks his word of favor, when he speaks his word of calling on you, when he speaks his word that you are to take and to grow a harvest, you'll be ready to bring under control. Hallelujah. It's the songwriter bringing notes, music, and lyrics together. It's taking all things that are all out and bringing it under control to make a beautiful masterpiece. That's what Christ wants to do in you. He wants to bring all this scatteredness and bring it under control so that Christ can flow through you in a powerful way. Third thing, and lastly, third thing, a kibosh, to conquer, to conquer. To make a path, make a path, blaze a trail, Keep under control. Christ is leading you. And then the beautiful space of conquering. The beautiful space when you walk out. We, we started hiking as a family. I know we're starting all these new things. It's great. We're, we're trying to get outdoors and be wild, you know. We just want to be in the wilderness. And I love nature. There's just something about it. I just, I love being in, in the wilderness and, and just breathing in God's creation. It's just unbelievable. Um, how the Spirit speaks to my spirit when I'm there. So we've been hiking, and we went hiking uh, uh, just for a couple of days. We went to Virginia and, and checked out the, the national park there, and we were hiking. And the second day, we hiked this trail that was, the incline was, was really steep, and you could feel it in your legs. I mean, it was just, we'd already hiked the first day, you know, and so we'd already exercised, if you would. So this was like the second day. So now we're all feeling, we're like, wow, this is intense. It's really crazy. So we're just still going, still going. And uh, we run into this guy. This guy's like, yo, um, I just want to let you know that we just, uh, I just saw a baby bear, a baby bear back there. And now we're all like, what? Bear? 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal. So we're like, what do we do? Do we go forward? Do we not go forward? We're Googling things now, you know, like uh, how are black bear? Do they attack? You know, all this stuff. Like, what should we do? Um, all this stuff. And we finally realized, okay, this is going to be good. We're going to be good because black bear don't attack. They're kind of afraid. So we'll just keep going forward. So we, we keep plowing in. And, and we get to the top. And it's this place called the peak, Right? And we get to the top, and when you break through, it's, it's crazy because when you're on this path, you're covered in, I mean, woods is just everywhere. You're surrounded by woods. And all of a sudden, when you get closer to the top, you start seeing the peak through, where you start seeing the view. And it's just a peak, but you start seeing the light come through the, the woods. And I wonder, how many of us have dreams that God placed in our hearts, have calling on us? And we get to the place where we're climbing. It's super hard. Sometimes we get to a space where we want to give up. But then we see the peak through. And I wonder how many of us, we give up for the peak instead of going towards the peak. We, we give in to the little bit that we can see now. Say, that must be it. That must be all. When God wants to call us to the top, he wants to call us to the pinnacle. He wants to call us to the space where we fully grasp and see the greatness of the calling on our lives. God said, when we broke through and that space of the outlook, it was glorious. Oh, my word. You could see for miles. And it was beautiful because it was like the, the morning time when the, the haze was all in the mountains. I mean, it was just like you can't even paint a postcard that looks that good. It was just so amazing. And just breathing in who God was. Can I tell you that God wants to call you to a place where you see clearly. It's a posture. It's a posture of leadership where you step into the place of conquering. Where you know, all right, I'm out of space where God called me to be. It's getting to that place where, yeah, step by step, moment by moment, you made the small decisions. Because you see, conquering doesn't happen all at once. Can I relieve you from this big pressure that you have to conquer everything in one day? No. It's day by day by day. And Holy Spirit's so beautiful, he will teach you day by day what to get rid of. He does it so well. He's such a gentleman in how he does it. But when you pray prayers like, God, I'm posturing myself to be under control. Search me and use me. Search me and train me. Bring me under the space where I am led by you, where I can serve in a place where I'm totally conquered. It's in that space that we step into then seeing, seeing what we have conquered. And that's my hope for you. That's my dream for you to step into that peak place where you're like, wow, look at what God has done. We sang it today. I've tasted and seen goodness of God, that we would see his goodness Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. I close with this. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You want to know what it looks like to be a leader? Men, women of God, it looks like being led by the Spirit. 
It looks like being in a place of total surrender, to be a place of total following, to be a disciple. Jesus said, if you want to gain your life, you must first lose it. If you want to be the greatest, you must become the least. But it comes from seeing, seeing. There's a TED Talk with Ed Seckel. And it was, uh, it was showing the audience, he was showing the audience a stencil picture of a man and woman intimately embracing. And immediately the audience knew what the picture was. But he was describing the studies that they had been doing. And when they, in these studies, when they would show a small child this stencil, they had no recollection of what it was. They had no center place of putting it together in their, their mind. And he was talking about how you can't see unless you learn. You can't fully see unless you fully learn. And I wonder how many of us have stopped at the peak, right, the peak through of the trees and not fully seen who Christ is. And so we've settled for what we know, but God today wants to teach you to take you into a new space of knowing so that you can see him fully, to see him fully. As we close today, I just want to invite uh, Sean back up, but as we close today, I want to pray for you today that God would pour out his spirit, but that you could see. I want to pray for fresh vision today. I want to pray, pray for the spirit of God to fill you so much. Even those of you that are at home, I want to pray today that God releases his spirit into your house, that your heart becomes full of the knowledge of Christ, that you get so locked in the gaze, so locked eyes with him, that he becomes your full attention. He becomes your full obsession where you are all after Christ. And it's in that, when we learn who Jesus is, when we learn who Christ is, when we feel his embrace and know him as a true father. Can I, can I tell you, if you don't know what it looks like to be a father, if you haven't seen an example, can I encourage you, look up. Look up. Be fully embraced by him. Be fully embraced by him. There is no man on earth that can fill the void the Holy Spirit can. There's no man on earth can fill the void that Jesus can. And when we come into that place where we are embraced by him, then we are full, we are whole, and we can lead from a place of serving. So, man, I want to open up this space. If you want to come into a space uh, just letting God fill you up, maybe there are dreams that have died. Maybe there are things that you need to, rebirth today. Let the Holy Spirit come and, and take the scales off your eyes so you can see. I mean, some of you are just hungry for more of God. I know that's me. This weekend, I am just so hungry for more of Him. I want to get that, that peak. I want to get to the top. I want to see clearly what He's calling me to so I don't stop dreaming. Christ didn't call us to just settle in. Christ called us to level up that we would go after the things of God, like Paul said. We would strive to win. Come on, if you want to do that today, can you just make a move? It's just symbolically, just getting out of your chair and, and coming to the front saying, God, I'm in. I, I, want, to, I want to run to win. I want, I want you to fill me with your spirit that I come alive to the dream in my heart, come alive to the calling on my life. Maybe some of you, you need to lay down. 
that pride, you need to lay down that space where you've been trying to lead from, and you just need to posture yourself in a place of surrender, (laughs) saying, Christ, own me. Christ, own me. Control. I give you full control because you are the one who leads well. You're the one who knows better. If that's you, come on. Make your way down. Let the Spirit of God move in this place. He wants to He wants to make those dead things come alive today. He wants to fill you with this spirit so that as you walk into this space of fatherhood, as you walk to this place of manhood, being a leader, even as a woman, as you're walking to a place, maybe you're a mother, maybe you're a student, maybe you're walking to a new space of of career, and you're leading. Christ wants to fill you up today. He wants to fill you up. So I want to open up this space. Here's this place of surrender. I want to come and just say, God, have your way. Have your way. I want to come under control of your spirit because your spirit knows best. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.